scripture readings the scripture readings today will be out of Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ's name that's a reading of the Lord's holy word you can be seated please uh, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker and welcome him and his wife uh, Steve Faulkner will be our guest speaker and his wife is Sophia Sophie, Sophie Faulkner. Uh, currently, Steve is the uh, pastor of Gatekeepers Fellowship in Shiner. He previously served as a pastor of Shiner Baptist Church and East Lake Fellowship in Burnett. Prior to serving these churches, he was the uh, area representative of Central Texas for Texas Baptist and has served as an associate pastor in churches throughout Texas for 54 years. Steve Faulkner is a graduate of Howard Payne University and uh, also a graduate of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary of Fort Worth, Texas. Steve, the word is yours. What a joy to be here today. Thank you, worship team. I enjoyed that very much. Especially the young man that sat on that box. Boy, I'm telling you. Huh? <laughs> I like that. I like that. What do they call that? Is that a djembe? Or the, it's a what? It's a, it's a box. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and Jan and, and Donna, thank you all very much. You know. I was looking for the orchestra or somebody playing a flute or oboe or something, and you were doing that on organ, weren't you? I was trying to figure out which one's the organ, which one's the piano. I figured it out because Jan was over there. You don't do that on an organ, do you? Use your feet. Yeah. Well, I was here about 11 years ago, I believe it was. John Wheat was the pastor, and uh, I taught us Rays of Hope Financial Biblical Seminar. It was in your fellowship hall. But I don't, was this renovated at that time already? You, I didn't think so. You renovated it after that, and then you've done all kinds of stuff. Y'all are right in the middle of it. Praise the Lord what, for what he's doing in this area here. Well, it, yeah, it, it is, Rosemary, a holiday weekend. But, but you know what? I call this a comfortable crowd, wouldn't you? We've all got room to stretch out on the pews if you want to, so... I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't, though. Are you worried about something this morning? I'm the only one. Okay. Well, losing sleep, having trouble concentrating, maybe losing appetite, maybe, maybe just not smiling as much as you used to. I'm reminded of the, the patient in the mental hospital and an attendant walked in his room, and that he had a glass, and he was up next to the wall, and he was listening. Finally, the attendant went over to him. What's it? Oh, shh, shh, shh. Come here. Listen. 
know, the attendant put his ear to the wall. He listened. He said, I don't hear it. That's nothing. It's just silent. He said, I know. It's been like that all day long. <laughs> Silence. He was worried about nothing. Here's the title. Rejoice in the Lord always. You picked that up from the scripture, didn't you? God's people should be happy. Oh, I'll say it again, see if I get an amen. God's people should be happy. Amen. Boy, that blew me away. You keep doing that and I'll preach better. <laughs> By the way, when you're in the seminary or cemetery, they, they tell you, <laughs> boys, if you ever take a day of vacation from your church, here's a word of advice. Don't get a supply preacher that's better than you. Get the worst old sorry preacher you can find. <laughs> your preacher's done a good job of doing that today. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, have y'all seen that picture of the eagle? I know you have, some of you have. You know, there's a picture of the eagle and the caption says, I am smiling. <laughs> isn't that the way a lot of church people are? That, isn't that unfortunate? But some people give the perception that they aren't happy and it's because of their face. They're just not smiling. Oh, they might be happy on the inside, but it doesn't make it to the outside, it's kind of like they drank pickle juice for breakfast, you know. I, I like pickle juice. I, not for breakfast, though, because it just sort of sours my disposition all day long. It, it, it give you some words that rhyme. The choice to rejoice is ours every day. But be reminded to refuse to choose is in itself a choice. Hmm. And by refusing, we allow the circumstances of life to overwhelm us. Get this. And they rob us of our joy. They rob us of our joy. There was an exasperated husband. He said, honey, you worry about everything. Why are you always worried? She said, because 90% of the stuff I worry about never happens. Huh? Go figure. Some of you that have gray hair. You'll know this name, Fanny Crosby. Okay, well, she wrote over 4,000 hymns. 8,000, excuse me, 8,000 hymns. Blessed Assurance, you remember that hymn, Jan? Hmm? Praise him, praise him. Great hymns. To God be the glory is another one. Do you know she lost her eyesight when she was six weeks old and lived into her 90s? On her 92nd birthday, somebody would say, boy, that must have been tragic for you to never have sight. She said, oh, man, I'm happy. That, listen, and I'm going to quote, if in all the world you can find a happier, a more joyous person than I am, bring him to me. I'd like to shake his hand. What a testimony. Oh, that we could be like that with our infirmities. What's wrong with us? You know, in the King James Version of the scripture that you read, it says, be careful for nothing. Now, the word careful here means anxious. And that's what was in our scripture in the NIV. Don't be anxious or literally don't worry for nothing. Don't worry for nothing. Now, the Greek word for nothing is medan. 
don't worry over one thing. Now, I'm, I'm a grammar policeman. It really bothers me when they use there, there, and there, your and your, lead, lead, and lead, or lead. Does that bother anybody else? I know, you're tempted on Facebook to spell the right word, aren't you? Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> They'll unfriend you. Okay, I, I'm chasing a rabbit, but it's not the last rabbit I chased probably this morning. All through the Bible, we are assured that God is going to take care of us. He's going to, what? Supply all of our needs. You know that passage, Matthew chapter 6. This is nine verses long. Ladies, if you're sitting by your husband, if he starts to snore, give him an elbow because I'm going to read all nine verses. This is good stuff. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. You know, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Well, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spend, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Death was walking along toward a city one morning. A man went along and started walking with him. He said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to go to that city. I'm going to take 100 people today. Well, that's horrible. Maybe so, but that's what I do. Well, the man ran on ahead of him to the city, and he started warning everyone, death is coming, death is coming. Toward the end of the evening, he was headed to his house, and he started hearing rumors that 1,000 people had died that day. And then he saw death. And he went up to him and said, I thought you said you were going to take a hundred people. A thousand people died today. He said, oh, I know. I only took a hundred. Worry took the rest. Hmm. If you're worried about something this morning, you have a lot of company. Worry seems to be an epidemic in the world today. And it always has been. I want you to look at some biblical characters with me. First one I want you to look at. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 27. 1 Samuel chapter 27, and it's David. Well, what did David have to worry about? Let me refresh your memory. He was worried King Saul was going to kill him. So he started running away. Worried the king was going to kill him. Now, this is a man that had killed a bear. He'd killed a lion. He had killed... A seven-foot, ten-inch giant named Goliath. Which brings me to ask you, how tall is Wimby? Oh, some Spurs fans. 
Seven foot what? Three and a half, I'm sorry. They measured this weekend. I was watching, yeah, seven and a half. You know what Goliath would have called him? Shorty. Yeah. <laughs> See, if I digress enough and I chase enough rabbits, you'll stay with me. All right. Here's the question. Did King Saul kill David? No. So he worried for nothing, didn't he? One of my favorite Old Testament prophets is Elijah. He was afraid Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, was going to kill him. So he started running, and he ran, and he ran, and he ran, and he finally just collapsed under a, a tree, a juniper tree. And he said, it's my desire to die. It's just enough. <clears throat> now, this is the same Elijah that had called down fire out of heaven, <clears throat> defeated Ahab and those prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And here he was afraid he'd die at the hands of of Jezebel. Did Jezebel kill Elijah? No, he worried for nothing. People at the Red Sea, Israelites, there's the sea in front of them and Pharaoh behind them and they worried they were going to die right there. <clears throat> they said it'd be better for us if we'd have stayed in Egypt. Now there were slaves in Egypt, but they listed all the things they could eat there out of the river and on the side of the river and it was better if we'd been there. Well, we're going to die. No, God opened and parted the Red Sea, and they waded through the mud and got to the other side, right? Help me out here. They didn't wade through mud. It was on dry land. The Bible says it, and I believe it. If God can part the Red Sea, he can make the bed of the sea dry. So many people have a problem with that. Hmm. They worried for nothing. King Darius worried. Who was he worried about? Oh, he loved Daniel, and he'd thrown him in the lion's den. He had to, because Daniel didn't worship him, and he'd already made a decree. He worried all night long, didn't get any sleep. Those lions are going to eat my friend, Daniel. Did the lions eat Daniel? He worried for nothing. Am I making my point? So far, everything I've told you is about fear over dying, but that's not the only fear you and I have, nor in biblical times. The women on resurrection morning, what were they worried about? They didn't have time on Friday night to anoint the body of Christ for burial. It was almost dark and you, you, know, you couldn't on the Sabbath, which was the next day, work. That would be work. So they closed him up in that tomb, put a big rock in front of it, and the women were worried, how are we going to move that rock? It's just us girls. And what did the angel say? Angel now. You have it written right up there. I'll quote it for you. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. So they worried for nothing. Oh, the things we worry about. Peter was worried. He denied the Lord. Not just once, three times, just like Jesus told him you would. He was worried about his relationship with Jesus, would he ever forgive him? And I go back. The angel said, go. He's talking to the women. Go. Tell his disciple and Peter. Tell his disciple. And he singled out Peter. Why do you think he did that? He wanted to restore Peter's faith. Let him know all is forgiven. 
I forgive all. I died for that. Peter worried for nothing. How about you? How about you this morning? What are you worried about? Something in your past? Worried about your relationship with the Lord? It's not the same because you did that. You thought that. You didn't do this. You were this. I love the old song. I used to sing it. How long has it been? Only those with gray hair probably remember this. How long has it been since you talked with the Lord? You prayed to the Lord up in heaven. You know, how long has it been since you knelt by your bed? You felt that the day was worth the living. In the movie, The Lion King, came out many years ago, there was a little ditty. Don't worry, be happy. I started to have the worship team sing that this morning, but there's something even better. It, it, and I like this tune. I don't know what that's from, but I like that little ditty. First Peter 5, 7. Here's what's better. First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay, it's not a catchy little ditty, but commit that to memory. You start worried about something, cast all your anxiety, your stress on him. He can handle it. And why would we do that? Because he cares for you. He doesn't want you to carry that around all the time. I want you to understand this morning how blessed you are. Let me give you some statistics. If you woke up today with more health than illness, you're more blessed than tens of thousands of people who won't survive the weak. At my age, this becomes real. I've lost three good friends in the last 30 days. They've gone to their reward. The older you are, it seems like death is a constant reminder of how I have arthritis so I can't snap my finger anymore. I just go like that. That's how, that's how long our life is, just like that. Even if you live into your 70s and 80s and 90s and 100, death is no respecter of age. If you've never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of, of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you're ahead of 20 million people in the world. And if you are attending a church service, and I know this is broadcast, Without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, death, you're more blessed than three billion people around the world who can't do this. And if you can read, you're more blessed than two billion people around the world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you're more blessed than 75% of the population of Earth. You're blessed. Some years ago, there was a clinic called the Mayo Clinic that stated statistically 80 to 85% of their caseload was either ill or in reality or artificially due directly to worry and anxiety. Many experts are coping, say that coping with stress is the number one health priority of the day. 
In fact, there's a leading physician that said, in his opinion, 70% of all medical patients could cure themselves. If they just get rid of their worries and their fears. Medical science is closely tied worry to heart trouble, blood pressure problems, ulcers, thyroid problems, uh, stomach ulcers. And every week, 112 million people take prescription drugs for stress-related symptoms. Wow, Brother Steve, you just brought such an uplifting message. I just gave you the statistics. Motivational speaker was walking around the room one day and she was teaching a class about stress management, how to handle stress, and we all have it. And she had a glass in her hand. It, it had water in it, and of course they knew what was coming. Is this half full or half empty? So she smiled, she said, how heavy is this? They started guessing, eight, eight ounces, 16, 20, and you know, all the guesses came in. She said, the absolute weight doesn't matter. It's how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute, it's no problem. If I hold it for an hour, my arm starts to ache. <clears throat> but if I hold it for a day, my arm not only will ache, it'll become paralyzed. See, in each case, the weight of the water, the weight of the glass, it didn't change. And yet, the longer I held it, the heavier it got. Stresses, worries of life are kind of like that glass of water. If you dwell on them a little while, not too much happens. You dwell on them a little longer, and they start to cause pain. And if you think about them day and night, day after day, they'll paralyze you. Let go of your stresses quickly. Don't let them turn into worries and don't carry them into the evening. Beloved, put down the glass. You worried about something this morning? Turn it over to the Lord. Trust his word, trust his promises. That's easy for you to say, Brother Steve. <laughs> Years ago, in the pioneer days of aviation, a pilot had decided he was going to fly from one point to another. It was a long trip. And about two hours into the air, <clears throat> he heard a noise. It was going to be two more hours before the next place where he could land his plane. And it got louder and louder, and he knew what the noise was. He recognized the gnawing of a rat. Now, what do rats gnaw on? Oh, they love to gnaw on wires, don't they? And he was worried. If that rat chews through the right wire, it's going to affect my ability to fly this plane. So he thought, what can I do? It's two more hours before I can land this plane. Then he remembered that rats are rodents. Therefore, on the earth or under the earth, that's where they habitat. So he started climbing and climbing and climbing. And the gnawing ceased. See, the rat died. He couldn't survive in the atmosphere of the heights. And two hours later, he brought the plane in and found the dead rat. Brothers, sisters, 
in Christ, worry is a rodent. Can't live in the secret place of the Most High. It can't breathe in the atmosphere that's made vital by prayer and familiarity with the Scripture. And worry dies when we ascend to the Lord through prayer and the study of His Word. I go back to our Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Would you pray with me? Our Father, how blessed we are. First of all, just to be called a child of God, heirs to the kingdom, loved by you. You had us in mind before you created anything. You love us. Just as, just as your son loved Peter, even though he failed him, you love us through our failings. And so, Father, I pray this morning that whatever our anxieties are, whatever our stresses, our worries, we just cast them upon you. Father, there's someone here this morning, and they spent the night looking out the window, worried about that divorce, worried about that bankruptcy, worried about that child that's gone the wrong way, and worried about that disease. Father, help them. Help them to know it's all in your plan. You're going to work things out for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So this morning we do cast our cares upon you. And we trust you for your word is good. Your promises are true. Have your way in the hearts of your people this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.